I think Christina had something she wanted to share. I just, I loved how, Heidi, I loved how you were ending that. Just, it. I just kept seeing like this warmth, this blanket, like God, just this blanket being covered over me and over each of us and whatever it is that you need. Like it was like a quilt. It was like, it was like engraved it, word, embroidered, embroidered with what you need, that healing that you need, healing over anxiety or depression or, or just whatever physical ailment. It was just embroidered in there that, that you are healed and it's wrapped around you and, and we can take comfort in that comforter, in that comforter, 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 yeah, comforter. <laughs> Fun intended. Thank you. That allowed me time to get the chapstick on, like Pastor Bonnie does every week. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you can't start a message without a good layer of chapstick on your lips. So. Anyway, but thank you, worship team. That was so great. I, I'll have to say. You know, I only uh, get I get to or I preach two or three times a year, a year, and about halfway through the second song, I'm like, okay, now there's just three songs, you know, <laughs> and the heart starts beating, right, and stuff like that. But uh, that song, the ending song, was just I knew what you were gonna sing, but it was just so awesome, it was just so great, and for, it just it's do what? That's right, and it's one of songs that she wrote and uh it was it was just what i needed and hopefully it's what y'all needed this morning too you, oh and look at this we got to give props to jessica where's jessica i can't see her right there in front um stay close or staying close is uh the title of my message this morning and i absolutely love that and uh, if you know me, I'm probably just going to be talking about Jesus. So the big duck is Jesus, and we're the little ducklings. And I absolutely love that. Jessica does a fantastic job um, with stuff like this, and I uh, appreciate it so much. Does anybody remember a time when you wanted something really, really bad, and someone else got it? Anybody remember that? I remember in the fourth grade... Um, I was born and raised in Las Vegas till I was like 15, and we lived in a neighborhood which across the street was just desert. Now it's neighborhood and houses to the mountains, but it was just this huge desert. And we, I had a little mini bike, you know, the real small one with the lawnmower engine, you know. You just, there was no gears. It was just go, you know, gas and brake. That's all that it was. But this Christmas, I really wanted a dirt bike. I really wanted one really bad. And my best friend next door, he wanted one, too. He had the little mini bike. So for Christmas, we're like, I was really praying, right? I mean, I was this good kid. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, wore the dress like my mom told me I had to wear, praying to God that this, this is it. I, I want a mini bike, and I was believing, or a dirt bike, I was getting that bigger bike for Christmas. I just knew. I knew I was going to get it. My friend next door, I mean, he didn't go to church, so my odds were in my favor, right? <laughs> and I had built it. I just knew God was going to give it. I knew he was. There was no doubt in my mind I was being good. I was doing all the things I was supposed to do, memorizing the verses in my Bible class without my parents nagging me to do it. I was doing it. 
I, it was so much in my head, I knew I was getting it. Christmas Eve, we had gone to bed, and I thought, oh, my goodness, my mom is actually letting my dad bring that motorcycle in the house and put it in front of the tree. I heard it. I just heard it. I knew. Well, I wake up the next morning, and no dirt bike. There was, there was no dirt bike there. And I found out later that my friend, who doesn't go to church and didn't pray, got a dirt bike. And I'm like, this is not fair. It is not right. This is not fair. So, but I don't want you to feel, and what I thought later was, kids that are in here should have asked Santa Claus for it, not my parents. But <laughs> I realized that this weekend, I was asking maybe the wrong person. Anyway, since it is family day today. But, but don't, don't, don't feel sorry for me. I did get something. I also um, wanted a ventriloquist doll. But I know, I know you guys didn't know this, but I'm a ventriloquist. And um, uh, although I didn't get the doll I wanted, I did get one. And, and Christina knows that I still use my skills to this day. Because you know, you're a place, sometimes you're at a place and you need to tell your spouse or your friend something, but you don't want anybody else to know that you're talking. So, you know, you still got I still have to use my skills, right? At least a couple times a month. I use my skills. <laughs> anyway, but I was, I was like, I just can't believe this is not fair. Why did, why did he get the bike and why didn't I get the dirt bike? Why didn't it happen? You know, it's hard to watch someone else get the very thing asking God for. Today I want to talk about when you are believing God for something in your life and it seems like God isn't hearing your prayer or maybe he's just pressed the pause button on that situation. I don't like that one. No, it, the pause, it's stopped for a minute. But I want to talk about staying close to him during those times. About, I think, uh, does anybody watch The Chosen? The series The Chosen, well, season three came out not too long ago, and we were watching them every Sunday. And it's the second to the last one. I don't even remember the name of that episode, but um, um, there was a. Um, Okay, so the episode was about um, this uh, synagogue leader, Jairus. His daughter was sick, and he went to go find Jesus. And um, he had a lot bigger problem than not getting a, a dirt bike for Christmas. His, his daughter was sick, and he was a father that was in desperation, and time was running out. Jairus was, is a synagogue leader. Uh, he was a man of means, and his daughter was dying. And so you can ex assume, tried every doctor or physician or whatever they, healer or, or not healer, but whatever they used back then to try to heal his daughter. Or even every concoction, right? Your neighbor, like, take this and put it here and do this and put it here or whatever, or this herb. You know, he did everything possible that to help his daughter. He had been hearing about this guy, this teacher named Jesus. 
who's been doing some pretty good things for the others at that time. So he decided, I've done everything else. I've tried everything else. Everybody's telling me there's no hope. He thought, no, there's this one teacher. There's this one guy. So he set out to find Jesus. And he did find Jesus. And when he found Jesus, he falls to his feet and begs, please come and put your hand on my daughter so that she will be healed and live. And you know what Jesus says to him? In my mind, he's going, absolutely, let's go. That's what he said. Yes, I'm going to go. It's interesting to me how specific Jairus was with his request. He says, please come, put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. As I was preparing this message, I was thinking, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be specific with God. In Philippians 4, it tells us that we can present our requests to God. He wants us to pray about everything, even the stuff like dirt bikes, kids, <laughs> and all the other little things. He wants us to come with him, come to him with everything. He wants to have a relationship with us. But I think sometimes, at least for me, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, I let my list of expectations like of how I want God to do it, because I got everything planned out, right? And I know the best way to do anything, right? So my list of how I want God to do it, and then my list of when I want God to do it, because I want it to be where it's good for me, right? I let, I let that become front and center, and I can miss out on the more important part of it is that he's always with me. Jesus is always with us. God is always is always with us. He's a very present help in the times of trouble. I love that. Always present in the time of trouble. For me, I pray believing that God is working all things out for my good. I realize that he's doing so much more than just setting up there or wherever he is, right? <laughs> And deciding whether or not he's going to grant my request or not. He, like the song, he's our healer. But you know what else he is? He's our prince of peace. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He's faithful. So faithful. And he's so much more. He's the God who is with us even in our darkest hour when we feel like we're alone and we're by ourselves. You're not by yourself. He is with us. And I don't think I said before, this is in uh, Mark chapter 5, and we're down, down to verse 24. When Jesus, he did go with them, Jesus did go with Jairus, and a large crowd followed him around him. So I was thinking, so Jairus, he's, he's desperate. His daughter's dying. He went and found Jesus. Jesus said yes going, and now this large crowd starts following them. So where, where is Jairus? What is he thinking? This crowd is slowing us down, right? So you're really, you're really going to come with me. He has to be desperate. Jesus, Jesus is going with him to see his daughter. She doesn't have much time left. The big crowd comes. But you know, Jairus had to be thinking, man, we're making good. We were making really good progress 
and now and now this is this is happening and then in the middle of the crowd and the fighting and going Jesus stops to help a woman in the crowd and then like for 10 verses if you if you read that mark 5 for 10 verses Jairus is not even mentioned this is the guy who's desperate needing Jesus's help the card, I'm trying to get it in, in your head, picture it for you to picture it in your head, and the crowd is there, and then Jesus stops to help somebody else. And like, what is Jairus thinking? What is he doing during this time? The Bible doesn't say, so you're going to get Marcia's version, is that I would be, I'd have some words to say to Jesus, I think, like, uh, excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I came to you first, right? I, I came to you first, so you help, this is how it works. You help me first. And then I'll help you come back and help the woman, but you, you, know, you it's my daughter, you know. We've we got to keep moving. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and I would imagine Jairus probably said, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. For um, 20 years, uh, well, I got, when I was young, I got married. I always say I got married to the boy. And uh, was married a while, and, and then, um, then I was single, like, for 20 years, almost 20 years. And, uh, and I remember praying to God, you know, to send me what I always said is my person, the right person. And I watched people get together with people, get married, have kids, do the things, go on the family vacations, but I was still praying for my person. And I said many times, this isn't fair. I'm, I'm doing all the things, right? I'm dotting all my I's for the most part, crossing all the T's, right? This, this is fair. What I learned, um, there were a lot of those not fair moments, but I did learn that when we come to God with our it's not fair, we have to remember that he is our heavenly father and he is perfect. He's not doing his best. He knows what's best for us, and he doesn't answer any prayer for me. And if he doesn't answer any prayer for me when I want him to, in the time that I think that he should have, I have to trust that he's a good, good father. And that with me, he is with us, and he's not going to fail me. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to fail us. And I'm just going to be honest with you in those 20 years, because it was a long time. Um, it took me a fat minute to learn that. And for those young kids who doesn't know what that means, that means a long, long time to get that through my head. Um, okay, so let's, let's, go back. let's go back to Jairus. Um, I imagine that this crowd, and if you watch The Chosen, you can kind of picture it in your head, but this was a legit crowd, kind of like, in my mind, Disney World on the 4th of July, Right? That's Christina's worst nightmare. Disneyland, or Disney World to begin with, and then add 4th of July to it, right? That, that, crazy, uh, that crazy crowd, you know, that fighting, getting here and getting there, and getting in the line here. In uh, some translation, it actually describes the crowd as crushing. Had in a crushing crowd. Um, I know Christina and I, when we go to concerts or sporting events or anything like that, we have a plan. Right, because you have these all these people wanting to get in these three little doors, right? So we start out side by side, 
And then it ends up, you know, we've tried it several ways. I go first. She holds on to the belt loop, you know. But what I, what I prefer is that she goes first. We do that. Maybe we'll hold hands. We get, it's just more and more. And people, why, why are people got to push and shove? We all want the same thing. And it's all going to take time to get in. That's another, I don't understand that. But we're, 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 you know, we're fighting to get in there. But we have this thing that we do. We hang on and everything. And then before long, you know, someone's in front of us. So we're like, we try to stay close as hard as we can. We're trying to stay close to each, to each other. But then someone gets in front of us, and Christina will look back and look at me. I'm like, I, I got you. I got you, boo. I got you. I, I, we're, we're still here. We're good. Just keep going. Keep going. And we try to stay, I try to stay close enough with her that she knows that I'm there, right? We're still maybe physically not touching, but we know. We know. We know. She knows that we're, we're close to each other. Um. I believe the only way to get through a crowd like that is to stay close. So picture Jairus moving through this pressing, crushing crowd with Jesus. And when you're waiting on something and your situation, you have basically a couple choices and something like that. You can fight to stay close, or you can just be carried away. And you end up way over there, and we're tech. We we've gotten separated before. Where are you? Where'd you go? Or you know, blah blah. I was trying to think. One year, the first year we went to Destin, it's there like you rent condos for a week, so you come in on a Saturday and you leave on a Saturday. But we didn't know that you don't go to the neighbor or the super Walmart on a Saturday when you get there. I mean, I don't. I'm a person. I don't have a lot of anxiety, but I was freaking out and it, the fighting and pushing and shoving and everything. So we had to fight really hard. So in my mind, I imagine, really imagine, you know, Jairus being at the Destin uh, Super Walmart trying to stay close to Jesus, right? Because um, that was just craziness, right? That was a little side note to you, wasn't in here. So. <laughs> but, um, but we have two choices. You can stay close or you could be carried away. The interesting thing here that I thought that Jairus wasn't following Jesus, that tells us that Jesus went to Jairus and went to Jairus, went, excuse me, Jesus went with Jairus. It's like he knows where he lives. Jesus doesn't know. So Jesus was following Jairus. And when you're, um, I think when you're, Jairus was desperate. And the number one thing or one of the things that the enemy is going to try to do to you when you're, when you're, you're desperate you want something so bad, he's going to try to get you away from Jesus. He doesn't want you close to God. He doesn't want you close. He wants you, he wants to get in your mind. The enemy is the pushing and the shoving and the crushing to make you lose focus, to make you lose focus. Jesus is still with us. He's still with you. The easy thing for Jairus to do would be to drift away from the crowd, to go home, maybe get the last few moments with his daughter before she passes away. But something in him thought, no, I need to stay. I need to stay close to Jesus. People were pressing to touch Jesus, and Jairus had to fight with everything he had with power to help his daughter. That means his only hope was to stay close. Um, how, do you, how do we stay close to Jesus when our mind becomes cluttered with fear? I don't know how it's going to work out. I lost my job. When is that next job going to come? You know, I was diagnosed with this. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? 
How's it going to work? I can't miss work. How am I going to pay the bills? I know for me, personally, I have to prioritize um, the things that I do on a, on a weekly basis. I know when, when I work, because I, I mainly work by myself, I listen to music and stuff like that, but I, I can tell in my life uh, if I'm not listening to stuff, good music, where I'm kind of dancing around, or good messages, or podcasts, I know that I need that. I need that for me. I just don't automatically stay close to God. I have, to, I have to work at it. Because if I'm left alone with my thoughts, whoo, you don't know, ain't nobody want that, right? <laughs> because I will let myself go to all these places that aren't true. And that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to get in your head and mess with your head. The other thing that I need to do and keep doing, we were on two months of the great, my grateful journal. journal. And it, I, it's, it, it's amazing. I'm going to be honest. I've skipped a day here and there. Um, but it is it has changed so much in two months how I look at things and how I look at life and how I look at situations in my life, knowing that I have so much, and we do, we all have so much to be grateful for. Fighting to keep my mind focused on Jesus and staying close to him is my goal. We also have to make a conscious effort to build our faith on other people's answered prayers. And it's tough. When other, pe- other people, their prayers are getting answered, and you're, you're still back like Jairus waiting, you know, waiting. You know, Jairus had choices to make when Jesus stopped to help the woman. He could have drifted away. He could have he gotten angry. I might have gotten He could have gotten jealous. Um, but what was stay close. Last year was a hard year for me and Christina and I and, and my family. You know, I was pleading with God, um, with with my mom and her uh, medical condition. Um, I was frustrated with everything. Uh, things weren't improving. Um, they were just getting worse. Every day it was something else. And I, honestly, I didn't handle it very well. And if you, if you don't know, Mary, you, you were to see me on a Sunday. Oh, you handled it well. No, I just need to win an Oscar. Because... I didn't handle it well, right? You can't let people know how you're really doing, right? You can't be honest and say I'm a mess because Marsha's not a mess. She's like this all the time. High stuff. She doesn't go down like this. I was a fat mess. You know, and I told God many times, this isn't fair in my hospital room. This isn't fair. It's not fair. That The first part of that year... I worked so hard. We were looking so forward to going to Destin. We had to come home three days in. It's not fair. I worked hard for that vacation. It's not fair, God. Why? And um, it's just not fair sometimes. I don't like it. And I was so frustrated. And... You know, other people were living in the things that I was praying for. My mom's best friend, who was going to have this same, my mom was supposed to have this TAVR procedure. You go in, get your veins checked, you have the procedure, you spend one night, you go home the next day. That's what it was supposed to be. My mom got the blood infection. My mom's friend had her veins checked, did the procedure, spent the night, and came home. It's not fair. Why? And I'm glad she, it, she didn't have to go through what my mom went through. But I'm being honest. I'm just not fair. 
Why is my mom having to go through all this? Have you ever been there before and just wonder, like, God, are you even listening to me? There were days, like, hello, listening to me. But then there were other days where I felt his presence like none other, like all over the room. And what got me, that's what got me through those tough times, uh, staying close, crying out to him, literally crying out to him and expressing my frustration. Um, I felt his presence. And if you've ever experienced what it's like to cling to God during a time that's it's almost impossible to describe, except to say, because there was physically times but I couldn't even catch my breath, right? But, and it's almost like getting an oxygen mask. You can't breathe, you can't get a breath, and then you get that mask on. And you get a deep breath. That's what it feels like to cling to God's presence in a time when you're hurting the most. He's our breath. He's our oxygen, and that what, that's what gets you through these situations. Now we're six months or so past all of that. Other things have happened this year um, um, that have caused fear and anxiety. But the one thing uh, that Christina and I and my family have done, we've stayed close to God in it. And when we didn't feel like we could breathe, we just clinged on to his presence. And I'll be honest with you, there was one point um, a month or so ago, uh, I was in a hospital, and um, I couldn't do it myself. I was going, it's not fair in a big way, probably ugly way with cussing. Those who know don't agree, Heidi. <laughs> But I, but I was in a place where I couldn't, I couldn't, um, they had to help me. They had to put the oxygen mask on me to breathe that breath. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that I let them, people do it for me, right? Because I'm a stubborn old person. And this is not being taped. Don't tell Pastor Bonnie because that's where she tells me I'm old. So and I don't want to learn stuff. <laughs> Oh, awesome sauce. That's not even a thing. Why did it come out? I'm sorry. I never said that. I've said it twice, like in two months now. Thank you, Jessica. I went way off my notes, so let me try to get back here. Um, so on the other side of all of this, I realized that even though God didn't answer my prayers the way I thought he would or when I thought he should. He did do a work in me personally. He did a work in my family that was better than I could ever imagine or even ask for. And sometimes the things that God uses the most in our lives to draw us closer to him are the things we wouldn't choose. I would never choose my mom having to go through what she went through, ever. Oops. Um, one of the things, um, let's, I'm looking at the time. I don't know how she sees the time. That's hard. Um, 
Yeah, just, just. You, you need to sit on the front row, Valerie Metter. <laughs> um, who uses Uber Eats? And what's the other one? The, there's another one. Grubhub, okay. Does anybody use that or has used it? Nobody, yeah? It's, it's an awesome thing, right? You're hungry. You don't feel like doing something for yourself. You order it. And the cool thing is you order it, and, um, and then it tells you, oh, your order is being filled. It's ready to go. Your driver picks it up. And then you can even watch it come. Here it comes down here. It's turning into your neighborhood. That's the best thing ever, right? I want food, and I can just get on my app, and then 32 minutes later, my food is there. It's great. What if God had an app? Right? God, I need a new job. This is what I want. Let me get in here. Again, and it takes forever sometimes. You know, you do the little things. I, I need a job. This is what I want. This is what I want to make. These are my, um, my benefits. I want these benefits, and I want this and that. And you put it in, right? And you get a ding. Oh, he's received it. Yeah, I know. He's actually received it. And all of a sudden, oh, the angel picked it up. Yay. It's going to be here, you know, in two days and four minutes. I don't know. Whatever. Wouldn't that be awesome? Life would be so much easier if we just knew. Why doesn't it work that way? Because it's not fair. That's why. Unfortunately, that's not how God works. He doesn't give us a time frame. I'd imagine Jairus standing there not knowing how long Jesus was going to be stopped. He had to be thinking, what if, what if he stops again? How many people is he going to help before he gets to my daughter? The crowd, this crowd of people, they were pressing in. They want to get to Jesus, and every second counted for his daughter. And then in verse, verse 34... Um, Jesus had, had said to the woman who stopped and touched him, he said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, that's how close Jairus was to Jesus. Jairus didn't let the crowds push him away. Jairus was on a mission. Jairus stayed close. To, he fought to stay close. He was holding on to his something. They had tied things around. I don't know. He was hanging on to that, right? Belt loop, right. He was hanging on to Jesus' belt loop. And Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Believe. Why didn't Jesus say, I'm going to help your daughter, too. Jesus, Jesus was doing a work in Jairus' heart. God doesn't give us a timeline because he's doing so much bigger things. Jesus wasn't messing with him. He wasn't being, uh, um, let me see. Okay, Jesus wasn't messing with him when he stopped to speak to the woman. He wasn't being passive-aggressive. He was doing something bigger. There were lots of people watching. Peter, James, and John, three of the disciples, he was teaching them. He was showing them, too. If God, I'm just speaking for me, if God gave me everything I ask for, 
um, I'd become a spoiled brat. If I had that app, that God app, I wouldn't do anything for myself anymore, right? I would just get on there and do it. He would, he would do it for me. <laughs> God is so much more concerned about our hearts than he is really our situation. He wants them to know where we're at here. God's going to take care of us. Um, one word from Jesus, and the little girl could have been healed right then and there, and he wouldn't even have to go to Jairus' house. God can do anything, but he's doing something bigger in your life. He's working something in your heart. He says to you, don't be afraid. Just believe. Hang on to that belt loop. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Just stay close. How do we not be afraid? Um, how do you not be afraid? Like, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I don't know if my teenagers are going to make the right decision. Um, you get diagnosed with cancer, and you don't know if you're going to live or die. That's scary stuff. When we're faced with these situations, we can either focus on the fear, like I did with my mom. I focused on fear of losing her, um, and I stopped focusing on the one I would come and go, you know. Um, we can focus on the fear, or we can focus on the one who is always with us. Fear will cause you to flee, and we can get all caught up in all the things that could happen if God doesn't come through Or we can choose to stay close and fix our focus on God in the God that we believe in. So don't be afraid. Just believe. When my, when my mind gets crowded and all that stuff, that's why I got to have stuff playing. Because my mind will mess me up in a fat minute. I have a fat minute. That's my thing, I guess, today. It, just, it, it, will, it, will, mess, it will mess me up. I put my faith in a God who is so big. He created the heavens and earth. He goes before me. He comes behind me. He is with me. And that's us, not just me. In the middle of the, in the, in the, middle of the greatest moments of my fear, I didn't walk away. Don't lose hope. You just have to stay, have to stay close. I'm telling you, you can come to him. You can come to Jesus with confidence. While we wait for him to give us the answer, we'll find so much more. I learned so much about myself when, with what my mom went through. We will find grace. We will find mercy in our time, to, time of need. It's in the waiting that we get to know him better. We find out that he's a God who is with us in our pain, in our confusion, and in our frustration, and in our disappointment. He will never, ever leave us. He stands ready with the grace that we need for each moment. And when I think of the darkest times of those last, you know, six, seven, eight months, what I remember most from those times is the presence of God and the presence of God in my life. And, you know, Bonnie's been talking about having the conversation, right, and feeling 
him and listening to him. And that's what that presence is. I didn't have to say anything. I just had to be quiet long enough to hear him and not keep going to be still and to listen. If I hadn't stayed close to him, I'll be honest with you, some, I don't know that I'd gotten out of bed. I was in such a bad place um, or even making it through the day. Um, I wouldn't have chosen, um, I wouldn't have ever chosen um, those things that happened last year. But I'm here to tell you, um, um, if you stay close, you're going to come out stronger from the other side. You know, Jairus had a, had a choice to hang in there and stay close to Jesus. And I think everybody knows the end of the story. Jesus did make it to Jairus's house. And he did heal his, um, his daughter. And, but today, I just want you to know, I know Wednesday it started Lent for everybody. And growing up, it's so odd, I guess. Um, we never did Lent in the, the Church of Christ. It was never, we didn't even talk about it. Isn't that weird? We didn't even talk about it. Um, or I just don't remember. But I was thinking with the, the start of Lent that wouldn't it be for 40 days, I guess we're under 40 days now, but wouldn't it be if we, we took this time to really concentrate in our minds to staying close to God this 40 days? And whatever you're doing at work, at home, wh wherever you're at, make that conscious decision to stay close to God. Because he's, he's with us with the hard times and the tough times and the good times. Right, but I tell you what, that's um, there's nothing better than feeling the presence of God.